On today's show, we continue our player-by-player -player look at the Islanders roster with Matthew Barzal. Is the Islanders' most dynamic offensive player capable of more? And we look at some of the former Islanders who are still alive in this year's playoffs. Who, if any of them, should Islander fans be rooting for? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, glad to be with you and so glad you could join us to be part of the Locked On Islanders family. We want to thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. If you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a, a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on everything Islanders throughout the offseason from trade rumors, free agency, the draft, all the way up to training camp coming up in September. And uh, if it's Islanders related, we'll have it for you here on Locked On Islanders. We will continue right now with our player-by-player -player analysis of the Islanders' season. And today, we go with the most dynamic offensive player on the roster. Of course, I'm speaking about Matthew Barzal. And Barzy, you know, 73 games this year. Uh, so he missed nine games as a result of uh, injuries and, and all the other factors. 15 goals. 49, uh, 44 assists, 59 points, a minus 15 on the plus minus. And 19 of his 44 assists did come on the power play, but only one of his 15 goals came there. Here's the thing about Barzal. And Barzi is a very important cog in the Islanders' offensive machine. He is by far the best skater. He can stop on a dime, change directions better than almost anybody. And when he's going well, he has the ability to hold on to the puck, use it to set his teammates up and create time and space. His speed can be lethal. And 
his passing ability is strong. Now, sort of the downside to Matthew Barzal offensively is, number one, he doesn't shoot enough. That has been a problem for Barzi more or less for most of his career. Uh, he is a pass-first kind of guy, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're not passing up really good scoring opportunities. The other thing about Barzal, when he's on, that skating ability, that ability to change directions, that creates outstanding scoring chances, whether it be for Barzal himself or most likely for one or more of his teammates. But when he's not in the groove, when he's not on his game, that ragging the puck and holding on to it can lead to turnovers, can lead to his teammates, or Barzi himself being out of position and can give the opposition some quality scoring chances. Now, that hasn't happened as frequently this year, and that's a very good thing. Barzal is, you know, like most scorers uh, or offensive-minded players, tends to be a little streaky. Uh, but if you look at his season, you're disappointed a little bit with the goal total. You're disappointed with the point total. Part of that, without question has to do with the fact that he doesn't have a legitimate sniper on his line with him. And, you know, Barry Trotz at times, you know, put Barzal back on the third line for a stretch of this period, uh, of this season. That doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense when you think about it. And again, hopefully the relationship between Lane Lambert and Barzal will be better in a lot of ways than the relationship between uh, Barry Trotz and Barzal was at times. And then you got to hope that Lou Lamorello steps up and gets that scorer that really allows Matthew Barzal to take his game to the next level. In his Rookie season, he was more than a point-a-game player. That was with Doug Waite as the coach. Since then, he's become a more complete player. He plays, you know, responsible defensively and, and positionally sound hockey. But his point totals went down under Barry Trotz. That is understandable. But, you know, again, when you're winning, that's fine. When you're struggling like the Islanders were this year... You always want more out of your player. And look, uh, mid-November, from November 16th, for example, until November 26th, so you're talking about a five-game stretch, Barzi had no points, absolutely none. Then he goes on a tear and goes on a nine-game point streak where he was absolutely dominant. And then you go from uh, February 17th all the way to March 31st, where he didn't score any goals at all. And, you know, that is is a 15-game stretch where your most dynamic offensive player didn't score. The key for Barzal, I think, is to find that happy place in between 
being responsible defensively and giving him a little more slack to use his offensive dynamism that will allow him to do some of the things that only Matthew Barzal can do. You want him to be a little bit more aware as far as what he's doing with the puck and and, and when to hold it and rag it and when to pass it and keep the cycle going or keep the puck moving and, and what have you. You want him to shoot a little more, but I think the real key to Matthew Barzal taking his game to the next level is that he must have a scorer on his line with him. And, you know, he and Anders Lee were a a good duo in the past, but boy, if you add, whether it's a Vladimir Tarasenko or just, you know, fill in the blank. I'm not going to sit here and start listing names and we don't know everybody who's going to be available yet. And we'll get into more of who's available in free agency and who might be rumored to be available in trades throughout the offseason. But Lou Lamorello needs to get him that goal scorer who can really help realize the full potential of Matthew Barzal. Can you imagine Adam Oates without Brett Hull? Uh, You know... You go through sort of all these lists of great goal scorers. You know, Mike Bossy had Dennis Potvin and, and, and Brian Trottier who could feed him the puck. Without Trottier, Bossy is still an elite goal scorer, but he doesn't put up the numbers. And And you look at the assist totals, for example, in the dynasty years of a, a Trottier and a Potvin and... The, one of the reasons their assist totals were so good is because you had a Mike Bossy who could finish those great plays that the playmakers set up. Matthew Barzal, a big talent, a great skater, a playmaker. He deserves that talented scorer. He needs that talented scorer, scorer on his line to maximize his potential and so, Lou Lamorello, it is up to you this offseason to get that player and bring him in. Because look, Matthew Barzal is going to turn 25 next week. I can tell you right now, Matthew Barzal is entering the prime of his career. He is not the young developmental player that he was a couple of years ago. This is it. It is showtime, and the Islanders need to maximize that prime and make it special for Matthew Barzal. We have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We'll talk about some of the ex-Islanders who are now in the Stanley Cup playoffs, Uh, maybe some reasons to root for some of these teams as we head into round two. But first, Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. I love brownies. I think almost everybody does. But you know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just when I'm making the brownies. Well, imagine if you could lick the brownie spatula clean and get some protein in at the same time. Well, you're in luck because Built has a new creation, and this one is better than ever, the brownie batter Puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now at Built.com. Have you tried the puffs yet? 
I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Puffs are a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. That's right. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate with 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar. Brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. And look, the brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you're eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. This is real life. Go to Built.com to get the brownie batter puffs right now. And if you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NHL playoff game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Well, we're into round two now of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and there are still some former Islanders active in the playoffs, and they cover most of the series that are still going on. And, you know, maybe knowing that these former Islanders are still out there skating will give some Islander fans a little more incentive to watch some of these games and to root for some of these teams. Now, the first one I'm going to go with, I don't even know if there's any way that, you know, any ex-Islander being on this roster would make Islander fans suddenly root for the Rangers. But Ryan Strome, former Islander, is still out there playing for the Rangers in their series against Carolina. He actually is doing pretty well so far this playoff year. Uh, In eight games, Strom has a goal and five assists. You get six points in eight playoff games, you're doing something right. And I remember speaking to Strom when uh, he was first drafted by the Islanders, and he has come a long way since uh, his days as an 18-year-old rookie draft pick. Also in that same series, but playing for the Carolina Hurricane, uh, another High Islanders pick who this guy never panned out on the island, but did well after leaving the Islanders, and that's Nino Niederreiter. He is playing for the Carolina Hurricanes. Niederreiter also has been in eight playoff games. He has three goals and one assist for the Canes. So one thing we do know Regardless of which team wins this series, one of these two ex-Islanders will be in the conference final. Now, we turn our attention over to the series between St. Louis and Colorado. And again, there's one ex-Islander on each of these two teams. Nick Letty, representing the St. Louis Blues. Letty uh, only played in four playoff games so far. He has one goal. But, boy, I mean, we have seen that the Islanders missed Nick Letty this year. And it's one of those things where when he's there, a lot of fans were very hard on Letty when he turned the puck over. And, look, there were legitimate gripes against the way Letty played defense at times. But the Islanders never replaced his ability to move the puck. And uh, he is, uh, you know, he was a trade deadline acquisition by the Blues, and he has been a solid player all year long since leaving the Islanders. On the Colorado Avalanche roster, uh, 
another player who Islander fans didn't want to part with probably even more than they didn't want to part with Letty, and that's Devon Taves. And, you know, since leaving the Islanders and joining the Avalanche, Taves has become one of the best two-way defensemen in the NHL, and his numbers really show it. He's been in five playoff games so far this season, three goals, two assists. Now, obviously, part of it is Taves himself playing at a high level, and part of it is that, you know, there is so much talent on that Avalanche roster. I mean, first of all, you got Kale McCarr, so no... Uh, the opposing team isn't going to key or send their best checkers out there against Devon Taves. So that gives Taves a little bit more freedom, a little bit more time and space to do his thing when he's on the ice. But you can't deny the productivity uh, and the way that Devon Taves has played. And here's a a former Islander player who's still alive and, and in this series uh, who was only briefly an Islander, although I remember him with the team, Miko Koskinen. Uh, he's now with the Edmonton Oilers, played in game one against the Calgary Flames, didn't fare too well, gave up uh, six goals in uh, their 9-6 loss uh, to Edmonton, uh, excuse me, to Calgary in game one. So Miko Koskinen of the Edmonton Oilers, uh, a former Islander, still alive in the playoffs. But you know, I want to mention this while we're at it. You want to know one former Islander who is not in the playoffs anymore? How about John Tavares? And yeah, I know it's uh, a little lame to be bringing up John Tavares at this point, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, John Tavares left the Islanders and okay, you know, we all understand he wanted to go back and 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 play for his uh, childhood team that he grew up rooting for, and, and that's all okay. Since joining the Maple Leafs, you know how many playoff series John Tavares has won? That would be zero. The New York Islanders have won five playoff series in that time. Now, Tavares did play well. Uh, in the seven-game series between the Maple Leafs and the Lightning got three goals and three assists. So six points in seven games, not bad, but not enough to get the Maple Leafs to the next level. And for all the talk, you know, Tavares was a captain on the island and he's one of the leaders of the Maple Leafs now. He has not been able to get that team over the hump. And for what it's worth, The New York Islanders have fared better in the playoffs without John Tavares than they did with John Tavares, and they have done better in the playoffs than John Tavares has done since he left the Isles and joined the Maple Leafs. So, had to throw that in there for what it's worth. John Tavares uh, no longer in the playoffs uh, and has yet to win a playoff series since leaving the island. When we come back, we have our Islanders' birthday of the day. And this is a player who holds the record for the worst plus-minus in NHL history. He didn't do that with the Islanders, but he wasn't good in that department either. He was an Islander in their first season. Let's see if you can guess who it is. That and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. 
Today's episode is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And I want to wish a very happy 74th birthday. Now, the actual birthday will be Saturday. But I want to wish a very happy 74th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Bill Mickelson. Mickelson, not drafted. Uh, I actually met him in the press box at the uh, Nassau Coliseum. Very nice guy. Uh, got to interview him for my book, Ice Wars. Uh, he's a, a native of Nipawa, Manitoba. Six feet, 185 pounds, which was pretty big for a, a hockey player in the late 60s into the 70s. Made his NHL debut with the LA Kings in 1971-72 and then was selected by the Islanders in the expansion draft, joined the Islanders for their first ever NHL season. And he played in 72 games with the Islanders. One goal, 11 points, 45 penalty minutes. Now remember, the the first season, the Islanders had the worst record in NHL history up till that point. They played 78 games. They won 12 of them. He had a minus 53 plus-minus rating in 72 games. Okay, fast forward three years. You go to, uh, two years rather. You go to 1974-75. The NHL expands again. Who do you think is a member of the first ever Washington Capitals team? Yeah, Bill Mickelson. Mickelson plays in 59 games for the Capitals and is a minus 82 in 59 games. Now the Capitals played 80 games that year and won only eight of them. They beat the Islanders for the worst ever record uh, in an NHL season up until that point. And Mickelson, a minus 82. Look, a lot of the plus minus is the fact that he played on some pretty weak teams. But a very nice guy, a good, uh, you know, gave his his all all the time. And we're going to go back and look at one of his better games with the New York Islanders. February 6, 1973, at the Nassau Coliseum. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are in town. Gord McRae was the goalie for Toronto. Billy Smith in the nets for the Islanders. And the Maple Leafs get on the board first. Daryl Sittler, his 17th from Rick Kehoe at 156. That makes it 1-0 Islanders trailing early. But the Islanders' power play gets them even. Mike Pellick off for holding and Jermaine Gagnon, his 11th, from Tom Miller and Billy Harris at 7.09. We're even at 1-1. One and one. Later on in the first period, the Islanders take the lead. Bob Cook, his 5th, from Jerry Hart and Don Blackburn at 10.43. After one period, the Islanders holding a 2-1 lead over the visiting Maple Leafs. In the second period, the Islanders extend their lead. Billy Harris, the first draft pick in Islanders history, scores his 17th, 
assists to our Islanders' birthday of the day, Bill Mickelson and Tom Miller at 12.47. And then two minutes and one second later, Neil Nicholson, his first of the year, unassisted. And the Islanders have a 4-1 to lead. Rick Kehoe makes it closer less than a minute after the uh, Nicholson goal. His 22nd from Daryl Sittler and Dennis Dupere at 15.04. That made it 4-2. to Heading into the third period, the Maple Leafs had a couple of power plays. Tom Miller and Brian Spinner Spencer each took penalties, but not able to cash in. Billy Smith making 24 saves to earn the win, and the Islanders skate away with a 4-2 victory over an original six team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. For Bill Mickelson, he had one assist. He was a plus two and he had one shot on goal. So Bill Mickelson uh, contributing to a rare win. That was the seventh win in Islanders history, and it improved their record at the time to 7-43-5. It was not easy being a fan of the New York Islanders that first season, but uh, I'll tell you, the fans have been dedicated since then, and they've never stopped rooting for their New York Islanders. So again, we're a day early. Saturday is the 74th birthday for former Islanders defenseman Bill Mickelson. And his son actually also played in the NHL for the Anaheim Ducks. So hopefully uh, the Islanders will have a productive offseason. We'll be there throughout it. We'll continue uh, on Monday with our player-by-player look at the Islanders, we're going to look at Zdeno Chara's season that was and what his possible future may be. Will Big Z retire? Will he be back? If he returns, will he be with the Islanders? We'll break all of that down for you on Monday's show. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the warm weather. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.